I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And we've almost gone. The whole thing talking about Zidane without mentioning the fact that um, Blackburn could have signed him, but they had Tim Sherwood instead. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Reminding You Why You Love Football. Not that we're counting, but it seems like we've been doing this for 150 years. Let's call it an ice age. (laughs) There is is the big glacier over there. So, Reminding You Why You Love Football is a podcast, a weekly podcast from Monday Magazine that exists to uh, take you away from the news cycle and down the side of the sofa and in the back of the drawers to remember things that you may not have thought about for a while but are locked away in the various mind palaces and we are going to bring them to you. Today, August the 17th, when when this episode is launched, there's a few anniversaries in history. George Orwell's Animal Farm was released. Great book, but I'm not going to go down that route now. Two legs good, four legs bad, four legs good, two legs bad and all that. Seb, you would be boxer. Um, (laughs) but it's also the anniversary of um, Michael Phelps winning eight becoming the first athlete to win eight gold medals at an Olympics so what do I think each of you would be would outstand the most chance of winning eight medals or or a medal at the Olympics so that's a good question so Mundale co-founder Sebastian Dennis White I'd like to say a pole vaulter, <laughs> but no, I think um, you're going to be a Greco-Roman wrestler. Oh, nice. oh, oh. heavyweight class, do a pilsner. Absebastian. <laughs> I can do that. Absebastian. I'll give it a go. Um, well, I'll give it a go. Tommy Stewart, a cricketing background, the shot putter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, yes, yeah. yes, yes. And James Paul Christian Bird, you are a scrappy strawweight boxer from Lithuania. Yeah. yeah. Dip in, fucking diving. Yeah. Bam, bam, yeah. Bam. Nickname yeah. The Fly. Yeah, yeah, fine. Fine by me. All 800 metres. Very good at me in my youth. Oh. Not Olympic standard though, were you? Otherwise, you'd have been there. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon you'd be, yeah, good wiry boxer from Lithuania. Really good. <laughs> what about you, though? I did a bit of judo as a kid. Oh, I bet you were good at that. I had a couple of club gold medals, yeah, and then. But yeah, when I got yeah. to national level, I got my ass kicked by this little scrawny kid at Birmingham. And that was that. Oh, flattened me. Yeah, <laughs> had to tap out. Off you pop. Yeah, sounds like one of your old Saturday nights, that doesn't it? <laughs> don't know what that means. Right then, today we are all. If you don't know Mundial by now, you're never going to know us. Magazines, events, podcasts, mundialmag.com. Go and have a look. And today. We are all resplendent in brand new spankers this season's AFC Wimbledon Umbro shirts. Now, we've got Seb in the home shirt, looking very Boca Juniors, I must say. It's an absolute rasper, a belter, great collar, little round neck. It's going gonna, it's gonna to do the business this year. James, what's, which, which one are you wearing? I saw our Instagram post for this, which said, it's giving Oivind Leonardson. Which I thought was which was which was bang on the money, but that must be the uh, third shirt then. This is the third shirt, an incredible rich blue with gold trim. The oh. sponsor and the 
badge and the umbro side. That's the best one. Gold that is yeah. the best. And a, a polo, best. polo neck top without the button. It's just got just enough. Yeah. There's, not, there's not a lot of chest showing here. It's just yeah. that little tease of yeah. turkey neck pretty, pretty at the good, top. Pretty good job. There's not enough chest showing. Whoa. There you go. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a really beautiful football shirt. This it might be. It's definitely up there this season. It's, it's top it's five. Lot, I'd say it's of, top five. I've got props on social media. Is that what people say? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we all say that. Yeah. Yeah, all of us, the East London dads with 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 double barreled kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> double barreled kids. That's what we say. Fucking hell, there's been a murder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> props. Did you say crops? No props. <laughs> no, I can't pick Wolf up from nursery, Matilda. I am making the pasta. <laughs> what are you wearing, Tom? I'm wearing the goalkeeper shirt, which is green. psychedelic. Yeah, psychedelic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah oh, it's like straight um, out of Sean Ryder's wardrobe oh, again. It's like a wambar. Oh, oh yes, yeah, it is. Yeah, yes, yes. That's a great shirt. Or a Mawam. It's lovely. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm wearing uh, the um, I'm wearing the away shirt. White. What a colour that is. Yellow trim. Oh yeah, lovely round collar. Some might say a bit seventies Leeds United. Yeah, uh, that's what was coming to mind. Not I though. I just really like them and. If you've not listened to us before, even if you have, we've got a bit of a connection to ASC Wimbledon. These shirts were kindly provided to us by Mark Jones, who was one of the, the OGs, the, the founding fathers of AFC Wimbledon. He's designed the badge. He's done the fashion Ooh. shoots. He as he wouldn't say it, but other people told us enough. He doesn't give himself enough credit. Without Mark Jones, there's no AFC Wimbledon, and they wouldn't be around to have gone back past, as Seb White calls them, those franchise bastards. I mean, I'm very happy with this. And I've found out I get to keep it. We don't often get to keep the shirts. And normally, even if we do, I say, I oh, don't worry. I'll give it to someone else. I'm going to keep this. Well, it, it is a lovely... I, I actually... That's my favourite one. Really? I like that one. Yeah, yeah. I just think the white is classic, but the, the little details, different colour, sponsor, different colour. Yeah. But... You'd, you'd imagine, because it was my birthday recently and James didn't bring me a present, he'd probably give me that one as well. <laughs> Isn't this Dan's? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, Mark, Mark's been involved in designing the kits. He designed the badge, but he's been involved with the kits. And what a badge it is. From very, oh, it's a great It badge. is class. He's been involved with the kits from the very start. But this year, this is the first year of Umbro, and this is, this is he said, his, his wings have been unclipped because before it's all about designing templates and making those templates Wimbledon. He has had free reign. And that's why these, and to the, to, he said, I went from, he, he said in his own words, from pen tip to hanger, that's my involvement in these shirts. He has designed everything about these shirts. What a thing to do. Yeah, and, and he said, down to the piping on that collar, he sent one of them back because he wanted it to be one more millimetre uh, bigger and yeah. things like that. He has, he has thought about this in, su in an incredible way. And that's Mark, why... overthought about them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but he has designed... In my opinion, and I'm not just saying this because Mark's a mate and, and I love what every woman stands for, as a range of kits, it, I think it's it's easily the best I've seen this season. As a range, as a, as a trio and the goal, even the goalkeeper one, he's designed everything. That's done it. Did you say a trio and goalkeeper one because you didn't know what to say for a four? Were you going to say a, a quaddo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's how we get around in Somerset on quaddos. <laughs> yeah, to be fair. Um, yeah, he basically said that he had he was involved fully from it. Umbro being brilliant. The only bit he didn't really get involved in was actually like the quality, you know, the material. Umbro said you're doing it this material. He could choose different types of material, but uh, and he said it's. He said the reward to him. He's not getting paid for it. The reward to him has been, has been the reaction. You know, he's obviously very proud. He said 
to anyone that thinks it, that the, the home shirt is very bocker, which you did say, and I think it is. I mean, there's, there's no doubt there's an element to it. He said, uh, it's got more in common with coffee tins from Naples and some Parma shirts, which was his influence nice. as well. So you can see where they are. He's already, would you believe it, he's already designed next year's kits already. I don't like wearing English club shirts if I don't support the team, but I will because of the um, the link to AFC Wimbledon and because making that episode of, of Giant, um, our, our previous podcast series on that club was was such a joy, and also in some way to apologise for Mark to Mark for sorry listeners, there's a cunting fly in the <laughs> studio, and one of us is going to kill it or kill kill each other. Yeah, uh, but no, but we owe Mark an apology as well for not including Dicky Guy in the coolest goalkeepers issue, which is still on sale now if you haven't bought it yet. FC Wimbledon, great kits, great people, great design, great badge, great, great, great stadium. Get yourself down to play yeah. land. They've got a wonderful bar in there. There's always stuff going on for kids. The, the food selection is great oh, and varied. Yeah. Great for your vegans, great for your carnivores, all and everyone in between. A good day out. Very much so. Oh, I fucking heard it then. I heard it as well. I know. What would the infantry have done, Seb, in the trenches? Would they have been worried about a fly? Would they have gone over the bloody top? They would have gone over the bloody top. Well, let's, let's, go told over the top. let's go over the bloody top then. Yeah. <laughs> You'd have been running the other way, you, wouldn't you? No, 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 no. no. Queen and country. <laughs> Shit and country. <laughs> what we noticed on the tube before. Yeah. How much, like, how much <laughs> yeah. James looks like Prince Charles. Oh. <sighs> come on. When he was young. There, there is an everything. No, there, there is there is everything. Yeah. We support these, we support these, we support these now. We support these now. Ship, 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 Seb White, we support these now. Who you got, brother? Well, this week, two days from when this podcast is released, the preliminary round of the FA Cup is on Ooh. and you're going the FA Cup not another one in August, <laughs> in August well let me tell you there's been an extra preliminary round before that but fuck anyway, off exactly but let me say 640 clubs start on the road to Wembley clubs all the way down to the step 6 of the of the non-league pyramid do you know no one understands what that is and I'm going to explain it, even when I say it to myself step 6 is why don't yeah. they just why it's is confusing it? so step 6 is the 10th tier if the Premier League is the top tier... Yeah, so why don't they just do it on tiers? I know. Why don't we do it then? The non-league period... Yeah. Why we don't we do just it? do it? We should do it, okay. I don't ever want to hear, because I can I can do that. You can visualise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Division or league. Because yeah. Yeah, yeah. Py- yeah, pyramids have tiers, not steps. They probably have both. What you need is a little spreadsheet. Oh. Yeah, um, we keep talking about this spreadsheet. We should say in an early episode when the sound quality, um, it was, let's just say, yeah, we could have been in Basra. Um... <laughs> But we did talk about a mythical, uh, a mythical spreader, uh, a mythical non-league spreadsheet, which Seb unearthed and passed on to James. And we'll, Seb keeps saying he will put the link in the episode description. He never does. But there is a spreadsheet if you would like to know. But anyway, Seb, back to this pant-lifting um, preliminary round. So the preliminary round. So when I say the big clubs join the fray, I mean the likes of AFC Russian and the Diamonds. 
Bowers and Pitsy, Corinthian Casuals, Leak Town, Runcorn Linnets, Sheffield FC, the world's oldest football club, Staley Bridge Celtic, which uh, is a great place if you've never been, great ground if you've never been, and two teams from Biggleswade. Who knew that Biggleswade had two different teams? You did, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) Where is Biggleswade? Sussex, 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 isn't it? Sorry, sorry, Sussex. Is it? Tommy, have a look for us. I mean, these are big non-league teams. Your Chertsey are coming in and they've spent a lot of money, but... Not bloody Chertsey! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Fucking hell. But I think you're thinking, ah, oh, does it... Churchy be- here, churchy yeah. there, churchy <laughs> every fucking way. With a knick-knack, funny whack, give a dog a bone. Why won't Seb, why fuck off? Oh. No, one's, no one sings that oh. as much anymore. It's a good song, that, isn't it? It's a good chant. Biggleswade yeah. is in central Bedfordshire. Bedfordshire? Okay, yeah. Big, but there's two teams in Biggleswade. Do you know, do you know every night when Seb's oh. finished his calming tea, he goes... Bye, Rebecca. I'm off up the stairs to Bedfordshire. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what they say in South East London. That's brilliant. Off up the apples and pears to Bedfordshire, Rebecca, darling. <laughs> that's brilliant. I've never heard that before. I, I love that. I'm going to use it tonight. That's a stupid thing. I will use it tonight. Man, sure bad. It, was, it was on some crap advert. I've never heard it. <laughs> you know, when the, the one with the... Like a yellow page. Shit, no, where the hippos on the bed. Oh, Slumberland. No. I think it might be Slumberland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mad, isn't it? Or oh, it's off the back of a posh tea I've got. Dreams, oh. dreams. When you, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're probably thinking preliminary round of the FA Cup. Does it matter? Who cares? Well, it fucking does matter. Well, I'm, that's what I'm thinking. I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It does matter. Convince me, brother. The, right. Firstly, and I don't want to m- just make it all about money, but money does make a big difference to non-league football clubs. The winner of each tie gets £1,444. That is an awful lot of money to these people. The loser gets £481, which is still, you know... Can you put into context how yeah. 1400 quid is a lot of money to a club in that position? It's probably a month. It's probably a month's wages for some of these smaller teams for, for all their players. You know, like they're probably paying them 30 foot, all of them 30, foot, 30, 40 quid. Yeah. You know, not just... And let's not, let's not forget, they split the receipts, the gate receipts as well, so, you know... Whether you're home or away, you get a portion of the gate receipts. And if you are at home, then you're taking loads of money through the bar and stuff like that. So so they might be able to get basically one good time, a yeah. couple of months' salaries. Exactly. And if you win, you not only get the money for winning that one, but you'll get at least the losing money for the mm. next round. And does it go up then? Yeah, it goes up. It goes, it goes up, some would argue, not quite... Um, Enough, because obviously the prize fund, you know, the winners of the actual FA Cup get £2 million. And there's arguments that do Man City or a team like that need £2 million, but let's it's, not get It's not that. an argument. It's a dyed-in-the-wall no. Yeah. Um, well, exactly. Uh, the next round, if you get into the first round, you get £2,250 or the losers get 750 And then it starts going 3000 5000 9000 And speaking as a, a former director of a non-league football club, that makes a big difference for a club. Assistant to the regional director. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very good. That makes a big difference even for a club of Hampton Richmond size. If you take that down and keep going down two or three steps, it just makes a, such a difference. So if you're not going to go and watch your team this weekend or your team's away, have a look where your no- local non-league club is. There will be an FA Cup game not far from where you're sitting now. Um, obviously, the, the social media be, you know, is your friend, but if you're in the capital, London Football Guide is a brilliant website and that will tell you, every, you know, as a map of all the games. But... Just think, you, your entrance money, your support, you buying a burger, programme, 50-50 draw ticket, honestly, it will make a huge difference. You buy all of these things every time you go to a... I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gutted the other day. I went to Horsham the other day and I was like, ah, I had no cash on me because obviously you go to these games. But all non-league clubs now do 
Well, you're part of the bloody Negroni swilling bloody media elite, aren't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Negroni swilling. But and if you're listening to this and you've gone off, oh, it's just it's just gone. That you know I've you know I'm listening to this a little bit later than when it's come out. Fear not. There's three other rounds for the FA Cup Ooh. in September. So there's loads of there will be somewhere where you can go and watch the FA Cup, and it does truly make a difference. And it will be fun. It will be a lot of fun. There's a guy. There's a guy at West Isbury in Charlton. Sorry, James. That's okay. that, that, that sounds like a fucking Morrissey lyric. <laughs> Are you looking for the fight? sing it? There's a guy at West Isbury in Charlton. <laughs> that's Alex Turner. Yeah, it's a bit. Yeah, all right. Oh, oh. oh. All right, Kermit. Still, he's still upset about the Kermit. Well, <laughs> I'm too sad to go and see him myself. Right. Thanks for that, Kermit. There's a guy at West Stitchburn, Charlton, Matt Britton, who's been a big, like, he's just done every single job at the club. He's been there for about 10 years before mm. it was a hipster club. He was kind of the guy who made it that, and he made he makes every single FA Cup game. They're always the most exciting down at Brookburn Road. And he's made, like, a, you know, the cardboard with covered in tinfoil. S- yeah, yeah, cup. silver cups, yeah. yeah Can we yeah. do a live recording great. from West Stitchburn, Charlton? Have you got enough pull at the club? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. That would yeah. be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. it. Would be good. We should, we should do that. And what a club! The magic of the FA Cup is alive and well, even in August and September. It is. In fact, maybe arguably bigger. No, but it is. Oh, I think it is. Yeah, honestly, people, it makes your season. It makes. I think they need to move uh, when the third round is away from first week of Jan. Yeah, it's too easy for clubs to. And I'll tell you, do you know what I would do. Actually, it's never going to happen. I would remove the fourth Champions League place. And make it for the winners of the FA Cup. Yeah, said before. That's great. It's been said before. I don't a very I easy way to reinvigorate, not reinvigorate, because it's a great competition. But because otherwise, you get to a point like, if Man United say, I'm not saying they do, but I'm going to take it necessarily seriously. I know they did. You know what I mean? Um, I know what you mean. Just fucking stay out of it. But then the competition shrinks. You've got to come up with something which keeps the top teams in there, yeah. keeps the interest in for people from everywhere, allows the club to allows the competition to have the most amount of football played in it. Because I'll tell you what, the League Cup's done a great job of, of rebranding itself as the fucking balls out. Because you, you get the trophy first trophy of the season. That's what it is now, isn't it? And all the games yeah, are batshit. All, yeah, yeah, yeah. all, all the games are incredible. And the FA Cup, you know, you see a lot of stuff done off the pitch to introduce the, the, the competition to new and different audiences. But the simple fact is there needs to be some... Um, I'm not sure there will. I'm not going to rant on about modern football and no. fucking stuff like that. But I just think there needs to be different things tried. And uh, maybe that's it. Im- imagine Wigan in, what, what 2013? In the championship, but in the Champions League. I know, Bobby, loads of Bobby Brown shoes managing in Europe. Wigan fans <laughs> don't, they're not that arse that they've, they're out of the Premier League because they, the they won the FA Cup. You know, take, they won the FA Cup. They can say that till, the, till their dying breath, the Wigan fans. We won the FA Cup. Against them, what? We didn't stay, well, we, that season we stayed 17th and we managed to stay up. No one cares about that. For, for me... You'd love Wolves to win it, wouldn't you? Absolutely. I mean, I went to watch us in the semi-finals oh, of it yeah. and, and, and that was a, a brilliant day. People talk about the magic of the cup and it's sort of become this thing that people laugh about on social media. Like, God, you used to watch it all day, did you? You used to put your suit on to watch the FA Cup. All of that, fine, that's 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 in the past. But there is a magic of the FA Cup. And for me, that is that sort of third round when you've got those big clubs come in and you've got them coming up against someone from third, fourth, fifth, yep. sixth tier, whatever that might be. As soon as those clubs have gone out... I lose I lose a lot of interest with the FA Cup, but those earlier rounds when you've got a broadcast on the BBC or on ITV, they're 
Yeah, That's yeah. why I watch football, well, the, for those stories. The best FA Cup game I went to was Shrewsbury in the third round against Everton. Yeah. Where a young Wayne Rooney played. Yep. He was marked out of the game by uh, Peter Wilding, Pete the Feet, who was a non-professional player three years earlier. And it was Nigel Jempson scored two goals. Everton Nigel Jempson. Everton pretty much put out a first first eleven and it was There are some brilliant in the game meadow, it was fucking nuts. There are some amazing photos of Wayne Rooney uh from that from at that the game, game meadow. Yeah. yeah. I wish I'd gone to Game Meadow. You probably played there, didn't you, at some point? I did. I did. Did you? All, all three of you played there. I played, yeah. played at Game Meadow and, and at Books Telford's Grand and at the Best Scott. Should have gone. Scored a goal at the Best Scott. Should have gone. Agbra? Played the Agbra? No. No, never played Agbra. Molyneux, as we know. Yeah. Mol. The FA Cup, well done, Seb. A great we support these really now. Good. From a dyed-in-the-wool football man, who reminds me why I love football most days, actually. No, I know I take the piss out of you a lot, but you do. Thank you. I think you're fucking mental. <laughs> <laughs> this but, week, I'm going to Bowers and Pitsy. <laughs> and he'll reg- every now and again, he'll just he'll think, well, mate, do you fancy going to... Nope. I know, yeah, I do. I try, yeah, yeah. And and often I think I would go, and then I think no, it involves me driving because Seb doesn't drive anywhere. It involves me driving across country to go to a non-league game, which Seb can walk to. Yeah. Well, one of one of my favourite FA Cup memories is going to Hampton Richmond to watch you play against Oldham yeah, in yeah. the second round, yeah. live on BBC. Yeah. Oh, Ish- you, when, Ish- you, when you were jumping up and down behind Chappers, in the oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. Ishmael Miller scored for Oldham. He I did. Believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We played him twice and lost, unfortunately, and we, yeah. They were amazing place times. You'd spent the money as well, hadn't you? In your head. Oh. The club ad, yeah. No, no, no. I, I think you do. I, I don't want to boil it down to money, but it does make a hell of a difference. Whatever team you are, if you've got that little bit, oh, can we... I know managers that ask for extra money if they, or say, if I get to this round, of the, can I have a bit of extra for my budget? Yeah, because that's a... Because, look, we all know at, at that level of football, contracts are... Yeah. I mean, I haven't played... Look, we've all got football manager on front of our shirts. I haven't played it for years. I had the odd game on the handheld version. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just promised myself after a particularly bad eye twitch in 2001 that I'd never have <laughs> it on a laptop again. I was recovering from, a, from knee surgery and I had not a lot else to do. But you start in fucking in non-league. Yeah. A player just leaves after a week. Yeah. Because, yeah. because, of, the, because of the length of the contract. So yeah. if you can incentivise players to stay a little bit longer, yeah. then that's the difference between going up and not right oh, of course it is yeah change the season but yeah get yourself to a football ground and watch the FA Cup this weekend absolutely welcome to Vollywood <laughs> oh Seb's <laughs> oh, oh. had a stroke <laughs> I I'm excited it's my excited face Jesus Christ Oh God, dummy neck! No you wonder, no wonder she makes you turn the lights. On. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't been in Hollywood, man. <laughs> Welcome to Hollywood. So, sorry, I'm He's ready. Seb's I, revving up. I, something's yeah, something's not right. We might need uh, 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 too many coffees. Just, yeah, I but so I always worry. Seb fucking collapsed on me once outside fucking JFK. Yeah, yeah. Was that not because of flying or? Coffee related as well. No, it's because we'd had 15, 15 pints the day before. <laughs> That'll do it. And a load of whiskey. That'll Don't do tell it. the insurers that. No. <laughs> an expensive an ambulance from the airport yeah. to the hospital. Two and a half grand it is. For, yeah. For, for, for it's only there for an hour. For an ambulance from um, yeah. from JFK to Queens. But luckily we were insured. And, you know, also yeah. luckily I spent an hour and a half on the phone to the insurance. Yeah. Pacing up and down outside uh, Jamaica Queens Hospital. Yeah. While Seb was, was inside, covered in tubes. <laughs> Tommy, his eyes rolled back in his head. 
<laughs> outside JFK. There was people all around me. And do you know what he said? I was there nearly in tears, holding his hand, and he woke up and said, is that bastard filming me? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say I was disorientated. <laughs> it's a fair question. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if you'd passed. I know. Oh, fucking no. hell, James. No, no but imagine he had. <laughs> well, I would have wanted a fucking... In, this, this, this episode is in tribute to Sir Wyatt at the beginning of each episode. <laughs> <laughs> we probably wouldn't have done it. No, no, no to be fair, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Welcome man. to Vollywood. Okay, Vollywood is... It's me this week, and mm. I've been thinking about uh, doing this player for various things, and I probably will return to his... Um, for him for an adventure in Clubland, if we're still here after, like, 60 episodes, and, and talk about his bizarre season um, at North Queensland. And this is Robbie Fowler. The season is 1997-98. This is the 27th of September, 1997. It's at the Berlin Ground. Oh. London. Knees up, mother, knees up, Mother Brown. R.I.P. Yeah, West Ham, Liverpool, September the 27th, 1997. Now, I don't know where Robbie Fowler stands in memories of younger fans. I do know where he is in my memory, and he is alongside John Barnes, who came along at a different time in um, my childhood. Fowler's probably my favourite English-British footballer, my favourite Liverpool player, I would say. But more importantly, he was so fucking technically gifted, it was outrageous. And I think we all know left-footed players, it looks better, and that's because you see less of them. Left-handed batters, southpaw uh, boxers, left-arm bowlers, left-handed tennis players, whatever it is, Fowler burst in a few years previously to this and you know the, that that's all been that's all been well told he scored six in his first two games and then he just went on a fucking blitz and the only person keeping him off the top of winning back to back golden boots was Alan Shearer who like beat him by one or two and ultimately probably cost him an England career but 1997 we're getting into sort of the middle age of, of Fowler now and, and, and not long really before it begins to fall off a cliff through injury and falling out with Gerard Houllier and, but nonetheless forget all of that Fowler scored some fucking tremendous goals. And he was similar. He could use his right foot as well, but his left foot was full, full, like traction engine, tin opener, wand, all in one. Scored Mm. some very famous goals past Peter Schmeichel. Two memorable ones in a game. One a screamer top corner and one a free kick, which he left Schmeichel rooted. Scored a great one against Villa um, that I saw live where he reversed Nutmeg Cruyff, uh, Steve Staunton, and then fucking launched it top corner. But this goal... They're wearing a great kit. It's, it's a, a great kit. A Hall of Fame Liverpool shirt, yellow Reebok away. There's been um, Knight did a Liverpool yellow kit recently, and there should always be a Liverpool yellow kit. I think if you ask most, it's a it's a colour that's long associated with the club, and there's been some belters in the past, but this was a, a really good one. Great collar. Was it Adidas or Reebok that season? Reebok. It is. Yeah. Ninety-seven, ninety-eight. Shimon, because my best mate had it. But yeah, Fowler, known as God by Liverpool fans. I mean, Nike did an advertising campaign around him, which had some great print ads, which were God moves in mysterious ways. And it was pictures of him all, all over the advert. And you used to see those in, in football magazines and stuff like that. And, you know, a great a great English striking hope. But fucking hell, he, he, was, he was good. And this goal, it displays everything about Fowler because the hard, I think we all know, the hardest volley to hit is when you are side on and the ball is dropping and you have to try and keep your foot over the ball because we all know it, otherwise it balloons straight over the bar. Fowler is so committed to the technique and so technically um, adroit that it's like it's a karate kick in the end. He jumps side on. It's the ball's bubbled up. Fucking hits it. Left foot. Screams in. Top corner. 
to keep the technique and to make sure he's hitting down on the ball and keeping his weight over it. He nearly does a full circle in the air. He nearly falls over committed to the technique. <laughs> and he was watching him again. He's only got little feet. He wore Nikes and he wore Tiempos. But he was just an excellent footballer who maybe not get the plaudits he deserved because he didn't necessarily do it at international level and he fell out of favour. He got, he got injured not long after this, which cost him his place at 1998 mm, World Cup. And Michael point. Owen broke through at the time um, and then Farah had to come back in him and then him and Julier fell out pretty badly and then... He went to Leeds, scored a goal every other game there, but then Leeds went to shit yeah. and then he moved and he injured his hip really, really badly and had an awful hip, hip operation. Um, but at this point, he was, I mean, he was absolute fucking mustard and he scored a, a, an obscene amount of goals in those first few seasons. And this being one of the best of them, I, it's, a, it's just an absolute belter. We watched we watched this goal together just before the start of the episode and the four of us all sort of stood up and took an intake <laughs> of breath yeah. as it hit the back of the net. Owen's right, that technique is so difficult where you've got to get over the ball but you're side on you've got to move your hips you've got to move your head at the same time to keep over it and yeah he he, he falls over similarish <laughs> technique to the Zidane versus by yeah it's, it's quite similar it is quite similar to that the way he no, kind of hits it sort of with the ball above his waist I think you can denigrate the individual performance or the goal and if there's always this desire to compare things to other things, it's like when like a pundit will say, oh, it's like a boxing match. This isn't. No, it isn't. It's fucking football. Yeah. <laughs> 1997-98, the ball drops and Fowler fucking hits, manages to hit down on top of it while sending it screaming top corner and nearly doing a somersault. And look, they lose the game 2-1. Funnily enough, could you guess the scores for West Ham? Oh. Two players linked by a, um, a front and back page happening. Don Hutchinson. No. Oh, Decanio. No. James? Front and back page. When is it? It is John Hartson and Ile Berkovic. Oh. oh. Because remember, it was around this time that John Hartson tried to kick Ile Berkovic's head off in training. And I'll, those pictures I'll be came honest, out. I'm still... Yeah, oh, God, what a... And I've got Hartson on a, um, on, on, on a long list for adventures in Clubland, but it won't be about him booting poor old Ile Berkovic. <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> Imagine how much that would hurt. Ile Berkovic. John Hurt, Hartson fucking kicking your head. John Hurt. There, there will be another John time Hurtson. when maybe Ile Berkovic's um, volley for Southampton against Manchester United in the famous 6-3 grey kits where yeah, they got changed yeah. at half-time. He scored a belting like, karate kick volley. But this one from Fowler. Yeah, I, I adored and sort of still adore Robbie Fowler. A bit, I don't understand... Like he's desperate to be a top manager and he keeps going to bizarre places to do it. Not bizarre. He keeps going to... He managed East Bengal, yeah. right? Which is a hugely fervently um, supported club in Calcutta, right? They've got one of the most violent um, derbies in the world with uh, Mo and Begon. And he's been out to Australia. He played in Thailand and now he's in the uh, Saudi second division. And he just always says, well, I don't get a chance in England. And I think, you know, he, he must be quite pissed off about that. Um, Has he never, ever managed in England? No. There must be a reason. What's the reason here? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But he was always dogged by, you know, he obviously, ever, you know, there was all the rumours about him being a cokehead and stuff like that. And he, you know, he used to... Which like, is an incredible celebration. Oh, it's an incredible celebration, brilliant. but it was like, you know, he was he was fucking very upset about it because his sister had had a lot of uh, yeah, yeah. substance abuse problems. Do you know what I mean? And the, and the fans, especially yeah, yeah. The, the, the fans of close rival clubs who were saying that, they knew all that, but look, that's by the by. Yeah, and you know, he supported the Dockers. He wore that he wore that T-shirt to support the Liverpool Dockers not, not long after that and was fined 60 grand. He once, he tried to say he shouldn't have a penalty when he, he jumped over David Seaman to get out of the way. Didn't, didn't dive, but just fell over and that, said, no, 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 it wasn't a penalty, it wasn't a penalty, yep. and then missed it. 
Well, I, I for, I'd forgotten that. But you then, did. I think Jason McAteer ran in and kicked and, and scored the <laughs> and scored the rebound. To anyone well, who's not, yeah. why, why God? Just I, I know obviously because he's brilliant, but well, God, isn't he? Kenny's the king, so I, he's. No, at, I don't. At think... one point, he was considered like when he first came through. At one point, maybe considered like that that good. He still is, but to Liverpool fans, yeah. Oh, when he came back, he came back briefly, didn't he? He did, yeah. On and the, it was like uh, God returned. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, he didn't. He scored. He, he, he had a good. He had a good first season. Scored a few goals, and then his uh, his last act as a Liverpool player was to be not in the match day squad for the two thousand and seven Champions League final when Liverpool lost to Milan. I just always thought it was a really cool nickname. Like you, I've never heard anyone because it's, it's not. It's not. It's not the God, or it's not. He's a exactly. God. That's the God. It's just God. And his yeah, middle name is it. just and God. It, and his middle name is Bernard. <laughs> it is <laughs> Robert Bernard Fowler but he was just a very a very very naturally gifted striker who worked very hard scored all types of goals as Seb would say impudent <clears throat> um, he would he, he would chip the ball he would he was, yeah. he was very fucking good in the air and he had a great partnership with uh, Stan Collymore for a while as well they were a very good partnership who dovetailed incredibly well and Collymore was uh, always said as well Fowler was the best player he played with wow no. but one very quick thing James is I always used to ask footballers who had played with him or in England or yeah. other clubs, like tell me what Fowler was like in training. And I remember speaking to Rio Ferdinand about it, and he said, "Bond on the best finisher I've ever seen. Mm. Played together at least, but like, like <laughs> absolutely that. fucking ridiculous. He would he would either meg the keeper all the time because he hit it so early and so quickly, and that's what he used to do on purpose. So he'd hit it at the centre of their legs because they couldn't set themselves it or go in. And when he was in the corners, he would put it so in the corner that it was impossible to get. And if you watch a lot of his goals, they're like that. But he could also smash the fuck out of it as well. But yeah. It's worth reiterating that mini doc because there's that brilliant scene where he's as, as a kickabout, isn't there? He plays football with loads of school kids yeah. on the concrete pitch. And it's just so life-affirming. Oh. He's so happy to be back there and having a kickabout like he would have done for, for so many years. It's, it's really nice. Yeah, wonderful player. Mundial joins the dots for football culture. And that's not a boast by us, but the words of an actual subscriber in our most recent reader survey. Why not see what they're on about and have a look at Mundial magazine. 100 pages of global football magic released four times a year. It looks great, smells great, and the writing isn't bad either. Go to mundialmag.com or follow the link in the show description to find out more. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. James has just yeah. um, done something disgusting off camera, but um, adventures. It was, it was. I was dropping an imaginary pill. Yeah, pretty disgusting. For, for, Flicking it up. Pretty disgusting for a father like you. 
It was a blue pill, though, wasn't it? It was correct. Christ almighty. My guy, Bizzer. You'll have your eye out, Seb. Adventures in Clubland. Seb White, we've talked before about your adventures in clubs. Different to mine, different to Tommy's, different to James's. Different times, yeah. Is there a night, one night you've had in a club, or like a club-type situation that if you could go back to, you would now... With us three, along for the ride, you take us. Oh, bloody hell. Can it be an indie club? I just said a fucking club, mate, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. We went to Cologne for the weekend, a, few, a group of Yeovil fans, to go and watch Cologne play football. I don't want to be there. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but we ended up in this... In, it was the best indie club I've ever been to in Cologne. Really? Yeah, it was unbelievably good, and it was one of the best nights. We're talking, I've ever had. Mr. Brightside. No, 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 no. Yeah. This was two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten. But no, just some like how, who, why are they, how are they playing this? Playing like Ned's Atomic Dustbin. What was your you know? um? What was your tour group called? Hand in Glove. No, we're <laughs> the, the Glovers, so aren't we? The Wurzels. Yeah. The fact that we'd found this because we're all into our indie music. Oh. The fact that we found this place in Cologne quite randomly. And they were playing like Ned's Atomic Dustbin and bloody My Bloody Valentine and, and you know, like not not Can't dance to My Bloody Valentine. I know, but the that one was a thing. But it's like, like yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking rainy cologne yeah. with a load of fans. fans. James, what would your club night be if you could take us all three us three too? I would go back to a really small club in Peckham that was called Canavans. And I went on a night there. My friend used to organise a club night and uh, Romare played there, who was quite a big thing at this point, but it was just like a secret thing in front of like 100 people. And Canavans is an old sort of snooker hall place. It's got like the boxing... um... Sweat dripping down the walls type place. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it it, it was just brilliant. Come on. Craig Charles, band on the wall. Ooh. Fucking okay. great. It's still going now in Manchester or at Glastonbury. Every time Craig Charles just it's amazing. I've never seen him, you know. You know? No, I'm no. I'm surprised. I'm yeah, surprised. yeah. But you don't like funk or soul, do you? <laughs> I actually went to Plastic People once as well on Shoreditch when it was uh, dubstep and, and Skepta and, and Boy Better Know would go and freestyle over dubstep. Oh I went God. there once in my first year of uni and that was very special. I would go there with you three actually. What about you, O? Because you've done, I bet you've done some good ones. I've done some decent amounts of clubbing, yeah. I'd like to take you all into to Manu Mission in 1998 with me. That would be quite yeah, yeah, fun. Would, uh, yeah, it yeah. Launched with Manu, Manu Mission, the movie launched that night. There was fucking naked people on sex swings and all sorts of fucking mad <laughs> yeah. shit. Going was on. it genuinely? I think I talked about it before. It was the night Maradona was in there. And I couldn't, I kept looking for him in different rooms. And sh- but I found oh Sean, we found Sean Ryder instead. Me and my mates did. Sean Ryder at the time, the tabloids were running a, a, a phone in line. Oh. Sean Ryder had gone missing and we found him. <laughs> Oh, we found him. No, no, we found him. We found him in five different rooms. And then we kept finding him. We found him two nights yeah. later as well on a, on a pavement. Oh. I think genuinely, a, a good man. Meeting Sean Ryder over Diego Maradona, I don't think it's the worst thing. No, but what? Come on. Imagine no, if I'd have found Maradona in a room. No, true. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. It was only like, that was only four years after USA 94. Oh, fucking hell. You know, I was 20 that, that summer. Full of beans. Baked. Baked. And the rest. Yeah, yeah, baked, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine that, finding Diego Maradona. That would be incredible. Skin from Skunk and Nancy did a DJ set. Sick. And then there was all sorts on, I can't remember. And then we went to, we were meant to get a space the next morning. 
and carry on on the terrace. But we went back to our hotel for a bit, met these people from Manchester who'd smuggled in um, what can only be described as some real strong English beans. (laughs) (laughs) Creams they were with the cream logo in. Oh, God. Where are we going then, if we all have to agree on one? Well, I'll be honest, that sounds great. I'll, I'm going to find Diego. So, yeah. yeah and, and, Finding Diego. Yeah. You're not going to Cologne. <laughs> <laughs> We're saving his mates listening to... Uh, with, the, with the hand yeah. in glovers. Yeah. Cologne. I'd have the to be tour Okay. Cologne. Adventures. You wouldn't know. Adventures. I've never done it, but yeah, like... Uh, yeah, right, that's fine. No, we'll go there. You don't need to start taking ecstasy, Seb. No, no. But that documentary that your mate did made me really want to do it. Just once. <laughs> You've had plenty of chance. Anyway, no, adventures. So, yeah, yeah. You might be prescribed it soon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Mad enough without the gear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, sorry. Adventures in Clubland, Seb. Who we got? We have got Toto Scalacci. Oh, Salvatore. Salvatore Toto Scalacci at Jubilo Iwata in Japan Fuck. between '94 and '97. This is a um, oh, take us back. He because obviously we all know him. He came to prominence. He shot, you know exploded at Italia ninety. At where? <laughs> Italia ninety. I know. I can't believe you haven't mentioned it. It's taking you ten seconds. Yeah, at Italia ninety. He plays a couple of se- more seasons for Juventus. Who sorry, t- sorry, Seb. Tom, can you have a look in the bag down there? See if you've got that gif of Patrick Truman yeah. <laughs> falling <laughs> over, falling over. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that this is this, not another one. Is that exactly. another one? But this is post Italia ninety. This yeah, is post. Yeah. You know, he plays a couple more seasons for Juventus. He plays a couple of seasons for Internazionale. Internazionale. Just Inter Milan will do. Inter Milan, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fair to say that again, the World Cup is a high, is a real high. He still scores goals, of course, but not quite as he hit the heights. And he 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 decides to go to abroad. Because he wants to escape the the limelight. Because who doesn't know who you know Scalacci is, especially in Italy, and he goes to the J League. Now the J League is very new still in '94. It's only been it officially started in '93. So he goes over to Japan. He joins a team called Jubilo Iwata, at the football club, and they're owned by Yamaha Motor Company. And it's fair to say he has a he has a he's a, he's a darn good old time over there. He scores a lot of goals. He um... <laughs> a darn tootin' time. <laughs> He's joined by Dunga in 1995. Who, this is when foreign players are starting to see Japan as being a place to go. And he's joined, he's joined by Dunga and, and Jubila Awati, who are, are a second-tier team normally. They're not normally this good. Um, the Japanese team that he's playing for are not normally known as powerhouses in, in Japanese football because obviously there's been football before the J-League, but they get, on, they get, get, get going and they, you know, they're doing really well. In 96, I think, Salvatore Scalacci scores like 25 goals. Some of the goals, there's a great clip on YouTube. And it's one of those mad clips on YouTube that someone's put together and spent, you know, done really well, dug out all these clips and put it together. The first minute of him is missing him missing bicycle kicks. And I'm like, <laughs> what I, I are you doing, man? Do you know what? Having, like anyone who works in football media, <laughs> just like football, I've sat through my fair share of this shit, right? But I've... <laughs> I've come out the other side now of, of, of appreciating the different stuff. Yeah. Because that, it's like, you're trying to fucking grab people, right? In, 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 in an era when getting people's yeah. eyeballs is really difficult. Exactly. And you spend a minute doing that. But he does score a couple of like absolute raspers. And his hair, you know, we obviously know Kalachi because of the, the bald, crazy hair. And I think maybe he's starting to experiment with uh, 
with uh, some techniques for, you know, making sure... He's got the rug out. He's starting to experiment, for sure, let's just say that. Is he wearing a wig, Seb? I don't know if he's wearing a wig, but there's definitely... Yeah, there's there's, there's a lot more hair than his hair. Some smoke and mirrors? Yeah, I think so. There's some accoutrement. Nowhere near as much now, by the way. If you look at him in the brilliant documentary Four Weeks That Changed the World, which is about Italian 90 on Sky, there's a lovely feature with him and his dad. And it's it's beautiful, actually. It's really nice. So go and watch that bit and we'll, we'll put the link in it. But anyway, he has a great old time of it. He scores a lot of goals and then he leaves three games into the start of the 1997 season, which is not ideal because the team that he's been playing for and get, trying to win the league for with win the league at the end of that season. Oh. So he's missed, ah. out, he's missed out on the title championship. Why did he leave, Seb? Was it just adventure's got to keep going? Was he off? As far as I could tell, he'd been there three years. And was it, that him done? That was him done, yeah. Nowhere yeah. after that? So he he leaves three yeah it is him done, he leaves three games into the season and then that season that's when Jubilo Artis go on to win the league. So. And that's the end of Toto. That's the end of Toto. So you know he scores fifty eight goals in eighty six games. So, Whoa! Wow. You know, he's scoring a lot. This is a good. This is one little mad thing. The the J League at this time was split into two. So you had a first and second stage, and the winner of each stage then played in in the fi- in the final to determine who were the champions, so to speak. And it was called the Sun Tory Championship, which sounds like something Rupert Murdoch will come. With. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> but have you been to Japan? No. Have you been to Japan? No. Have you been to Japan? No. I wish. I've been to Japan. Yeah. Where? I went to Tokyo first week of my honeymoon. Sick. Mm. It's fucking unbelievable. I'd love to, yeah. We got off the plane. My wife organised for my brother to be on our honeymoon for a few days. He rugby tackled me at Narita Airport and I just said, what are you fucking doing? Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> oh, I'm here for a few days. We're on the way back. Okay, fine. I mean, we, we went on it for a few days. We should I, all go for an adventure in Clubland in, uh, in we Tokyo. We bloody should, yeah. I, I love the idea of Toto Scalacci playing out his career. The end yeah. of his career in Japan. He retired out there. Yeah. Madness. It, well, we we need to find out why. If anyone knows why, he just he just up yeah, and left did. after three games. So there we go. A great adventure, Seb. A great adventure. A real adventure. Are you looking to join a club? Well, how about Club Mundial? It's what we call our subscriber offering. And it's the best club in the world, we think. For only £10 a quarter, you get the magazine through your door, a tidy little membership card, 20% off all Mundial merchandise and discounts at classic football shirts, All Press Espresso, Art of Football and Percival Menswear. What more do you want? You also get priority access to events, subscriber-only merchandise and a weekly Club Mundial newsletter. Go to mundialmag.com or follow the link in the description to subscribe today. We'll see you at the bar. Into the vaults, under Seb's bed, into James's garage, around Tommy's musty trombone. We go into the Mundial archive. James Bird, from the crypt. From the crypt. So, the day this podcast is released, 17th of August 2023. If you go back 29 years, you'll get to the 17th of August 1994. And this is the day of Zinedine Yazid Zidane's France debut. And the reason oh. that this is in the Mundial Archive is because we made what is my favourite episode of uh, this, the second series of Giant, our series of audio documentaries for Spotify. And we made an episode about this game. So 
at this point in time, Zinedine Zidane is playing for Bordeaux. He's their number 10. He's already played 30 times for the under-18s in France. And this France team are uh, not in a good way. It's M. Jacquet's, uh team. It's Eric Cantona's in there. Christophe Duggery's in there. And for this episode... Well, this this team is, is only six, well, about a year on from... Famously not qualifying for uh, yeah. USI 94. Gerard Julio calling David Ginola a criminal. The country is very much healing after that. And Jacques is in to try and rebuild, but it's still a bit fractured, isn't it? And I think one, you know, one of the things worth mentioning, Zidane wasn't the great hope. People knew he was, but he, and he'd been young, he was a young player of the year. Yeah, he, he'd won Young Player of the Year the season before that. He'd had a good, like a really, really good season for Bordeaux. August 17th, France have a game against the Czech Republic and it's in Bordeaux. Zidane's not even in the squad, but Yuri Jorkaev gets injured and Emma Jacquet calls up Zidane because Zidane's local. He's, he's, in, he's right. in Bordeaux himself. The game kicks off and, and, and fast forward to the 60th minute and they're 2-0 down. And this is where the episode starts. And the first person we go to in the episode is Marcel Desailly, who is sat on the subs bench. Right, the first person's me. The first person is Owen Blackhurst. Anyway, the Second, just get it right. The description. The first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's a cruel man. Order, police. <laughs> James had to do the interview with Marcel Desailly. Marcel Desailly was in um, Accra. And this was under COVID times. We couldn't go anywhere. And um, you had to send a stringer yeah. to a sports hall in... So a sports complex that Marcel owned in Accra. In interviewed him via that. And, and his, his face on my laptop screen with Fuck me looking yeah, back yeah. at him was and, a and, wonderful, and wonderful it's a, moment. It's a good episode. And some people listening to this might have listened, you know. But we can probably break the fourth wall a little bit. And let's be honest, we, we paid Marcel Desiai a king's ransom. And he didn't have a fucking clue what he was on about, did he? <laughs> James had to prompt him a lot on that. I had to prompt him a lot, yeah. but my God, did he turn it on when, when yeah, prompted. Yeah. When he remembered, yeah. I love him on interviews. So one of the things I want to say, I'm going to read a small bit from this episode. So Zidane, Zidane comes on in the, in the 61st minute and in the 81st minute, he slaloms past three Czech Republic players and blasts the ball into the back of the net from 25 yards. Four minutes after that, there's a corner come in and he rises at the near post and heads the ball into the back no of the net. Way. So Zinedine Zidane, his wife's watching, his pregnant wife is watching, and his parents are watching in the crowd. He comes on, he scores two goals in his debut, and the score ends 2-2. Two, two. So throughout this episode, what I like about it is you've got Marcel Desailly on the subs bench, you've got Julien Loren, the journalist, a young Julien Loren, watching it from uh, his nan's house, and then you've got the old French commentator, Christian Jean-Pierre, who was watching it in the rafters. So you've got all these different viewpoints from the bench, from the rafters, and watching it from his nan's house. And I am going to read a very, very short bit about Zinedine Zidane, a shy 20-year-old, um, heading into the changing rooms after he scored these goals and what Marcel Desailly watched as that happened. Oh, great, great. Um, so this is Marcel looking at me at my flat in East <laughs> London and me trying to get him to say things which he did say very well. So in the changing rooms, Marcel is waiting to greet him and he says, Zidane is somebody who's very quiet. We were happy around him, but he was very humble. But you knew that he was going to do something great and he probably wasn't ready to celebrate with us at this point because he knew how hard that he was going to have to work to become the Zidane that we all know now. For him, 
This kind of moment was something normal for him. This kind of magical moment was something normal that he could do all the time. I remember Cantona coming to him and telling him, oh, you're going to be a serious player in the future. And Cantona was the captain and he offered him the pen, the flag that we exchanged with the opposition yes. team. Zidane was happy, smiling with us, and he knew he was, gonna, he was giving us a bit of freedom and happiness. But we could guess the future because the capacity was there. And he showed it on the field in a very, very short time. He proved that he could read the game. He proved that he could integrate. And we could all tell that, yes, he was the one. Um, uh. And having Marcel Dassi say this to me through a laptop and then creating an episode around it was really special. And I think it's a story that not everybody knows. Mm. Zindine Zidane scoring two goals on his debut. Brilliant. Yeah. It's the way people talked about him that I liked. But we also had a piece of this um, on this in the magazine, which um, we shouldldn't forget that Mike Gibbons did a piece called Thunder Over the Giron. Oh. Yeah. And, and the Giron is, is it the Giron or Garon? Garon. Thunder Over the Garon uh, by Mike Gibbons. He did it about Zidane's time at Bordeaux. He became more renowned throughout Europe in a tie against, um, he completely bossed that great, great AC Milan team. Yeah. And then that's one of the reasons he ended up getting his move to Juventus. And we've almost gone the whole thing talking about Zidane without mentioning the fact that um, Blackburn could have signed him, but they, they, they had Tim Sherwood instead, so they felt they didn't need to. But yeah, it's almost like his, the narrative of Zidane um, has shrunk as we move on, and it becomes down to France win World Cup, Real Madrid, mm. Leverkusen, headbutt manager. And there's so much that gets ignored oh, by was, that, and that, this is and this is one of the, and this is one of those things. He's got a full head of air yeah. when he makes his debut for France. That's one of the things for me, and that's the first line on the touchline: a player who's warming up, long limbs, full head of air, fourteen on his back. But the way Julian Laurent talked about yeah. it, like, all over France, we had been at our grandparents' houses, and it was summer, so we spent longer times with them and stuff like that. He, it was very evocative of a time and, and a place. And of course, without those two goals, Emi Jacquet doesn't do what he was brought in to do, and France don't go on to win the World Cup really, because as James rightly said, he was a bit of a punt that night. I, I think what Owen touches on there, the, some bits get missed with him, and. When he was at Juventus, his whole Juve the whole Juventus period of his yeah, career well, we can... has essentially been pushed aside to make room for the Real Madrid narrative, and the Juventus period of career was in fucking unbelievable. Him and Del Piero, like fucking Chiram, Delivio, Deschamps. We're doing that thing again, aren't we? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah we are, we are. La but Roy, Roy Keane, or... <laughs> blokes will literally just sit around and name footballers. Roy, Roy Keane always speaks about that. Him at, specifically at Juventus, you know, obviously the treble season, but being by far the toughest player he's faced. And well, have you, you seen? And, he always, and then he always he always adds in. He's like, oh, and he's he's a hard bastard as well. Yeah. Yeah, but have you seen the clip? Which one? Where Keane tries to kick him, yes, and he just yeah. keeps jumping out the way of him, and then yeah. just fucking runs past him and and and, and, has, a, and yeah. has a shot. But I just want to add one thing very quickly. One of the main reasons that we had uh, Marcel Desai speech about it was because their careers are very very connected from the very start. So Zidane's very first goal for Nantes, uh, he skins Desai score it, who was playing for Marseille at the time, and then Zidane's very first red card was for elbowing Desai in a game the year afterwards. And Desai spoke about that. He said, yeah, we were both very, I was a very, very tough guy on the pitch, but Zidane was a very, very tough guy on the pitch as well. And, you know, that was the first red card that Zidane got, one of 14 red cards that- 14? That he got throughout Bloody his hell. career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been- I knew really, he was oh, God, yeah, yeah. dirty. No, I knew, but that's a lot. Combative rather than dirty, but he was just yeah, yeah. Um, like, you know. He got sent off in 98. 
They yeah. don't forget, don't they? Yeah. Oh, not everyone, but people. No, he missed forget. two games, didn't he? Yeah. Yep. What a player, man. I guess very last thing to say with that is that if you'd like to listen to the audio documentary that we're talking about there, yeah, Seb, but, won't, Seb won't put it in. The, Seb won't put it in the episode. So, maybe, so on Spotify, just type in Zidane's France debut, and up it'll come. Lovely. Enjoying this podcast, but not really ready to subscribe to a print magazine. Well, you need the Mundell Gateway drug. Why not sign up to our weekly newsletter? You'll get exclusive writing, discounts, recommendations and some really, really random references. Follow the newsletter link in the show description and see what you're missing out on. That's the Johnny Briggs theme tune for anyone who doesn't remember. He had a dog called Razzle, which was also a very famous magazine in the It was in a the very, famous, very famous magazine. Tommy, Cult, Sh- Tommy Stewart's busty trombola. Oh. Get them out, Tommy. Tommy in that boat, golly, Jesus top. Christ. Tommy Stewart's rusty trombola. What we got today, Tom? Uh, tell them about it. Tell them who's in the lead. Tell them who's not. Let's go to the league table, which is led by Mr. Owen Blacker, sat opposite me on 24 points. Second, I always like to lead with this, joint second, but first joint second is Assad on uh, six points. Hasn't been on it for three months. <laughs> and James on six points. Seb Dennis-White is bottom of the table with three points. So, Which the... is mad, isn't it? Yeah, Considering it, how much you know about football was, uh, compared yeah, to me. That was certainly the... Um... You I'm have, hoping, you I'm have an exceptional that... memory, a terrifying no. memory. Uh, yeah, I think... I, I don't think that's just... It's the power of recall. No, but I don't think that's just... Like, that, that damns me a little bit. I just know stuff. No, no, but you... You're just smart. I know... St- no, I've, no, you no, always talk about how good you are. I always say how forgetful yeah, do. I am, don't I? You are forgetful. Yeah, yeah. So am I. I know it somewhere. I'm anyway. incredibly forgetful. Anyway, shh. Anyway. I'd say you're... Um, it causes me issues. I'd say you're dizzy. Yeah. <laughs> A dizzy, a dizzy, a dizzy, a dizzy, a dizzy, a dizzy and fizzy boy. You're a ditzy dad. <laughs> quirky, quirky, ditzy. quirky, twinky, ditzy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, so the concept of the quiz, Tommy's trombola, rusty or dusty or, or whatever musty. it may be, crusty. or busty or crust, not crusty, anything but crusty. Gusty, if you carry on on Tinder like you have been. Oi, oi. <laughs> and the concept of the quiz is. That. <laughs> so the concept of the quiz is that I will name any game in any point in history. I will name a position on one of the teams, and these boys will have to answer what that player is. First of all, let me go around. Seb White, can I have your buzzing noise? <laughs> James Bird. It's a goal. But I'll go back to, ooh, yeah, like the matcher, man. Lovely. The crazy gang have beaten the culture club. FA Cup final, 1988, Wembley. There you go. <laughs> Advantage Blackhurst. It's May 14th. It's May 14th, 1988. And I think you all know where we are. Wembley. Wembley, as Owen just said. I'm shitting all over my script because Owen got there first. It's the mighty Liverpool versus the rabble rising Wimbledon. What I want to know is who played left wing for Wimbledon? <laughs> so, Laurie Cunningham. Ooh, yeah. Owen. Dennis Wise. Oh, okay, now. It was a slight trick question. He's, he's more of a left midfielder. Yeah, yeah but, finger, but yeah, well, he, yeah. Well, I think he played left wing for England in, his, in the only game he played in. 
There you yep. go. So the Owen yeah, is now on a march. Everybody, welcome to Tommy's Dusty Trombola. I will pick any game in history and name a player position, <laughs> and you've got to guess where it is. And Owen Blackhurst <laughs> yeah. will tell me where it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's on twenty-seven points. Twenty-seven points. Well done, Owen. Twenty-seven points. You fucking useless. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, to be fair, I thought I'd got it. Well, I was going to say um, Terry Gibson, but it, yeah, he's right, mate. Maybe it's time for a new quiz. That sounds like something a loser would say. Oh. <laughs> Says you on three fucking points. He's not moaning about it. I'm not moaning about it. I'm take, not moaning about it. I'm not moaning I think I said at the beginning, I'm doing a season. We're yeah, the, and the way um, you talk about it, it's like Tommy feeds me the info beforehand or something. No, I've just said you've got a ridiculous fucking. We're doing power a season's vehicle. worth. You, your your face says would say differently. I'm gonna you f- don't look so ditzy now. <laughs> you look fucking wounded. Because <laughs> he considers himself a good quizzer. I thought the fire hey. was on his mic. I think I am. A, I am a decent quizzer. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. This is neat time. Decent. decent. Yeah. Yeah. decent. Uh, anyway, if I'm Michael, if I'm the Michael Phelps of quizzing. <laughs> Billy the fish. Not Billy the fish. <laughs> what the fuck has he got to do with this? No, no, no. <clears throat> Oh, no, Eric the Eel, sorry. Eric the Eel, Eel sorry. That's what it means. I got me Billy the Fishes and Eric's, Eric the Eel mixed Again. up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> it's the third time this week. <laughs> ins and outs. These lot pick some ins, they pick some outs. I decide whether they're in or out. Occasionally I pick my own. Sometimes I will, sometimes I won't. Depends how bad theirs have been and if I feel I need to rescue it. In, Tommy Stewart. Uh, going on dates in the park, not the pub, because I'm a non-drinker, as that has been said on this podcast. I'm now single. That's probably been said before. And it's just really nice, sunny day. There's still a bit of sun outside and it's a lovely thing to do, very wholesome. And it's a nice way to get to know someone rather than all the noise and the chatter around that you usually get in a pub because that would be my go-to dating spot back in the day when I drank, when I was with the drink. With drink. Uh, what park do you go to in Manchester? Or various? Very. Oh, okay. Yeah, very. Manchester. Yeah. Well, he has to go to a different one each time, doesn't he? In case <laughs> yeah, the yeah, last yeah. one has seen. Yeah. yeah. Where is that time? Yeah. Being fucking Carlisle the way he's going at the moment. <laughs> like, have you heard of a little place called Edinburgh? Yeah, yeah. Edinburgh. <laughs> Oh, the parks are lovely at this time. It's three degrees outside down. It's fine. It's fine. I'll meet you at Arthur's seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do a date or just do it on your own. Yeah, if you don't have to, if you haven't got to do a date or if you've got to. You know. I'm not having, I'm not, I'm not putting in having solo dates in the park. <laughs> no, true. Yeah, yeah. I've got that all. Not having Seb so. getting caught for wanking. <laughs> not again, anyway. Anyway, uh, <laughs> dates in the park in. Lovely. Thank you. Oh, God, you too. James Bird. My in this week is maritime tracking app. So some of you might be familiar with Flight Radar. If you're tracking transfers, you want to see where someone's flying to. They're coming into Gatwick. Have you ever done that? What? Tracked a plane of a potential signing? No, but people do. I know people do, but have you ever done it? No. No. I, just, I, I use it more out of curiosity. What plane's that flying over? Flight Radar 24. Oh, it's the Malpensa to Gatwick, 1820. You can't see a <clears throat> plane fly above without then finding out where it's going. No, I can, but sometimes I'll dip into the app. This one that I've used this week on recently on holiday, Maritime as well. You see a boat on the horizon. Where's that going? Where's it come from? Why is it there? If you pay, you can see their recent journeys. You can track where they've been all over the world. Isn't that appeasing to you? Uh, no, no, but have you got the paid? I love. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I'm not going to do it. Have you got the paid version? No comment. Version? No, I, if I was going to do it, I would have the paid. Version. Yes, I've got yeah, the paid yeah. version. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to edge myself with ships. Yes, I've got the paid. <laughs> and then version. not know where it's gone. 
No, no, no. I mean, James, you know what? It's interesting. Life's changed a lot for you the last couple of years. And, and if this is keeping you happy... It's keeping me off the streets. If it's keeping you happy, then 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 in. Thank you. In. Seb. A football-specific bookshop called Stanchion. And it sells a magazine as well, of course. But um, And it was always sold Monday Out. Big fans of uh, Monday Out. And they do... It's brilliant. It's an independent. It's just a, one guy doing it out of, out of a warehouse. Go and support the little guys. Does it look a bit like your garage? No, my garage looks a disgrace at the moment. I need to sort it out. All that archive, the archive is overflowing. The roof's not falling again, is it? It's falling. It's fall, It's being held up by... Uh... By what? By, by Rebecca? No. <laughs> she just stands there. It's not good, the garage. At the I need to get yeah. back, actually. It's my shift. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> my shift. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Sev used to work in um, sports pages. Did you? Hey, that's how I look. You have lineage here. Well, I tell you what, I put them in because yeah, I'm secret. I'm very jealous of it. It sounds like a great thing. It sounds like a nice thing to do. Yeah, tell us a, tell having us a bit worked about... at Sports Pages before, that was my first foray into the job market after university. Where was Sports Pages, Seb? Sports Pages was in was in Manchester and London, uh, famously on Charing Cross Road. You got the big transfer, didn't you? I got the big transfer. Yeah, yeah. Moved down to the big smoke. Yeah, genuinely, I suppose. But I mean, I was doing a fanzine at the time, but I think, I think uh, a lot of what I've become and what I've done since has, you know, come from reading mad mag magazines, football books or whatever. And I think, yeah, wanting to do magazines and doing something tangible has come from has come from that. But in. I will carry on with that then. My my in is um holiday reading. My in this mm. week is holiday reading oh, yeah. and not really caring so much about I'm gonna get the absolute right book because that's the one I read and want to be seen with and sort of just going, yeah. fuck it. Yeah, I'll read any old shit. What, yeah. am I, what am I going to find in the house? Yeah, what's on the shelf? Yeah. What's, on the, what's on the shelf in the house? I'm all over that. I, I read the day of the the day of the jackal, which I'd never read. Oh, did before. you? It's fucking brilliant. And I wouldn't have bought that, but I picked it up. It was that, and there was a lot of um, romantic novels there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of them which I read as well, which is absolute fucking tosh, but I loved it because it was just complete yeah. escapism. But yeah, just picking up stuff off a bookshelf in a holiday cottage and reading it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's what a shout that is. Because, because think about how much shit you look at every day on your phone that you haven't necessarily chosen to look at. Yeah. It's true. Maritime apps, for example, when you're, <laughs> apps, when you're showing them. So, um, yeah. In fact, no, I, uh, yeah. If, we, if we move straight across to my outs now, I'll put maritime apps in outs. Oh. We'll move it across. I'm taking it out and putting it in. Out. No, no. Stay away from the phone. No, 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 have no, a time fine. out. It's fine. No, no, it's a nice thing. It's you're a thing. You're doing, a... you're doing something different on the phone. It's better than most things on a phone. Yeah. All right, keep it in. Yeah. Outs then, Seb. Oh, fucking up. Look. No, no, this. I'm, I'm trying. I want to keep it football on that. Out. I think the fact that flares and smoke bombs, whatever you want to call them, and they're always called the wrong thing by commentators and people like that, them being banned in English football is a bit um, is is a bit archaic. I think it's time for a sensible approach, like they do in certainly in the Scandinavian countries. You can do it safely and you can do it properly. And I think it looks it look, always looks good, and clubs love and it helps create an atmosphere. And I think it's it's time for a sensible approach in English football on that. They should be in then, shouldn't they? No, I'm saying that the out of them is being them being banned. Oh. Them being banned, and it's a complete like if you get caught at one, you're going to prison and all this. Our friend James Wright used to it was was deep oh. into the, the world of pyro, wasn't he? Him and him and him and Tidy Darts used to get some serious pyro for the pyro brothers for, for, for clapping matches. Didn't he? But and Darts bought the wrong ones once, 
and they were like stun grenades or something like yeah. that and everyone was jumping out onto the field. <laughs> yeah. so they can go wrong and they aren't and this is the thing half the stuff at, fo- at sport events now is all py- fake pyro yeah. isn't it by the side of the pitch look at Wolves for God's sake Jesus Christ Wolves are yeah. one of the most outre fi- fire and light yeah. shows you've ever seen before a yeah. game <laughs> yeah uh, so yes them not being allowed is out they should be in Tommy Stewart I've gone topical I've gone flies yeah, yeah. out yeah, fuck it is a bit annoying, yeah. Yeah, if you'd have seen how my uh, good lady wife, uh, how handy she got with a fly swat on our, on our recent holiday. Fucking hell. There's yeah. a lot of manure in Norfolk because there's a lot of yeah, yeah. cows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of farming going on. Yeah. There's a lot of bad. There was a sign on the road down near us which just said horse muck. Muck. Free. Free? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Didn't go and get any. Yeah, yeah. But horse muck free. Did you go and add Be- to it? No. <laughs> Best nightclub in Somerset, that. Horse muck free. Jesus <laughs> Yeah, flies out. Um, James Bird. I wish they were out. Um, I, potentially against the grain, I hate kick-ins in small-sided yeah. football. I think that the idea that you're allowed to launch what's essentially a free kick because you've earned a throw in near your own bloody goalkeeper's line is ridiculous. I think throw-ins, I think bring throw-ins back to small-sided or roll, games. roll-ins. Roll-ins, maybe. Nah. Maybe roll-ins. But you essentially, you... you you get a throwing goes against you and you get to launch a free kick into the When box. I used to play that aside, there seemed to be like there was an unspoken etiquette where people just wouldn't. Well that needs to be that needs to be implemented then. Just short pass. I hate that. Yeah. Should be a short pass. A five yard pass, something like that. Yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. But just being able to fucking launch across into the box because you've got to throw in, yeah. in your own half. It's ridiculous. People abuse it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Using it as a people end up playing seven you, should, you know, sixty yard height. Not, Long passes into their into their shouldn't be overhead, shouldn't be overhead height. I would argue maybe yeah. maybe that maybe yeah, yeah. that. Do we all know that um, Seb used to be a qualified referee? No. Yeah, yeah, I did it. I, Paul Durkin gave me my stiff chest up. Fuck off. Can we talk a bit more about you being a ref? Just, I mean, it's in ins and outs. Well, I on. did. Yeah, I'd... because I've seen a video. There is a famous there's video. A video. There's no. Oh, there's a fucking great video of me doing it. For... Uh, doing it for Hampton and Richmond. <laughs> in oh like my a, god! In like a trial match. Gary, wanted, it, yeah. Gary wanted to see. <laughs> Some trialists, and it was a, it was in behind closed doors. So Seb did him a favour and ran. Oh, yeah, okay. You, and you thought these were these were people he got on with. Fuck yeah. me, the abuse he gets is fucking unbelievable. Uh, it, it, no, it opened my eyes. Yeah. One player almost essentially left the club, didn't he? Because of yeah, yeah. because of that. Well, he, yeah, he had. Yeah, a couple of weeks later, he ended up having a fight with one of the other players, and it was all in, in the dugout. And but he gives he does oh, the whole stop. thing, not just that. There's no there is no quarter given, and They've... I found it. And this was a. It's horrible. Sided. It's horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. And I did it briefly in Yeovil uh, for under 16. So I'd play Sunday morning, <laughs> then I'd do the under 16s in the afternoon. Did, did and I get... was 18 at this point, so I wasn't that much older. What did was... you get? What was the worst abuse you got from an under 16 year old? It was the. It wasn't necessarily the kid, the players. It was. The, it was the parents. My dad's quite well known in Yeovil, you know, for one reason or another. Um, and so people would know who I was. Yeah, used to get that quite a bit. Well, so parents would be you're abusing. Se- you're, se- you're Dennis White's son, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Yeah, and then what, what, sometimes it would be great. Sometimes it would be oh fucking diamond bloke, and or sometimes it would be, yeah, yeah. Like what? Well, just people not, yeah, who maybe had had a had a to do with my dad at some point. <laughs> oh god! So it was. Well, he was arranging on. He was arranging. Yeah, yeah, he was quite good. He was quite good, mate. Yeah, he's quite good. I remember playing on. We played a charity match at Yeovil once, and he was fucking brilliant. I didn't do a lot of refing because I was always coaching, but I've done a fair bit of umpiring as of, of, of all levels of cricket. But yeah. one of the worst I ever got swore at was by an eleven-year-old called Barney, <laughs> who I gave out LBW and fucking fair play to him. He, I mean, yeah. he put, hundred. Oh, I mean, he <laughs> called me all sorts of cunts. Did he? Eleven. 
Yeah, oh, I, 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 for, I mean, you know how much I like a swearer, but I had yeah, to yeah. even go and say, come on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was plumb for a start. And it yeah. <laughs> and it him yeah. right in front. He'd taken yeah. a step yeah. back and it him right in front, low. It, I mean, it was so out. Yeah. And I went, sorry, son. <laughs> you fucking cunt. Yeah. I would pay money to see Seb ref a game on the marshes or something like that. Well, I could. I mean, technically, I am qualified. Yeah. You have, oh, to, you have to keep up with your qualifications. Yeah, that's true. At ninety-nine, yeah, yeah. Well, it'd be. I might dig out. Well, that. I reckon your confidence has been rattled after the abuse you got oh in that Beavers God, game. Yeah, yeah. They were horrible too. They were. Yeah. It, it was. Actually, like I'll watching, put it up. It was like okay. watching your favourite pub. It, it was like watching your favourite pub getting burnt down. Yeah. It was quite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. They just. Yeah. And they savaged you, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah, but, and I don't think it was, let's take the piss here. No. It, said. it wasn't like, no, 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 come on. Is, let's wind him up. No, no, no is, you've not been murked. Yeah, yeah. You've yeah, been yeah. abused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Seb, were you, were you making stinker after stinker after stinker? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I genuinely believe I was making, but I was making de half decent decisions and there was no frigging linesman either. So. Were you doing offsides as well? Yeah. That's oh, the worst. boy. That is the no, well, the striker was on trial. He I'll be like honest. Me. I'll be honest. Oh, a couple of times you weren't great. Uh, <laughs> it's edited badly, that's all I'll say. Yeah. Not, not saying you deserve the no, abuse. No, I think we'll put it up. We'll put but, it up. Yeah, you did referee most of the game with your arms behind your back. I know, I'll be honest. It was walking around. I didn't like it. He's walking around like this. Yeah, yeah. I think it... I, like I, an umpire. No, almost, yeah. It's so difficult. There's a couple of skips. A couple of skips. It's yeah. just a skip. Like, we'll put it up. We'll put it up. Because I'm not bothered. People can... You know, that's fine. If it gets a few clicks and people listen to the bits of the podcast, fine. Let's put it up. I'm not doing it out. Um, it's like um, Seb being a... Re no, that's, that's going to be an in. Um, yeah. As good as it gets, let's watch that video and deconstruct it um, another time. We should, do, yeah, yeah. You we need to have a bonus episode. Maybe we should do it next Wednesday. You were a shit. Next Seb, Seb, Seb the ref. Seb the ref, yeah. yeah. Not Seb the red. Seb, Seb the, the red. red, Seb the ref, yeah. Thanks again to uh, Mark Jones and Wimbledon for sending these yeah. kits today. We all wear them with they are pride. Brilliant. Days of Speed on Twitter. If you like Dexy's Midnight Runners, football, clothes, just all sorts, a font of knowledge Lovely fella. And, and football. Uh, um, one of the good guys. Uh, so this has been reminding you why you love football. Um, we are Mundar Magazine. We have got a... I've been Owen Blackhurst, your host. He's been James Bird. He's been Seb White. He's been Tommy Stewart. MundarMag.com. We've still got a great issue out, um, which has probably got another two weeks on sale at this point before the new one starts rolling out. So uh, do get it. If you're buying it as a one-off, it's not that much money, really. And we'd love you to subscribe because that, that's even better and that'll keep us all in a job. Nice MundalMag.com, at MundalMag. Um, thanks to Spiritland for having us. Mm. Um, yeah, that's been us. Thanks, guys. Cheers for listening. Thanks. Cheers for listening. Please leave a review. Reminding you why you love football is a Mundial and Football co-production. Produced by Tommy Stewart and Seb White, hosted by me, Owen Blackhurst, and recorded on the run. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.